Hello, I'm Henry. And I'm Trey. And welcome to Marvelous, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Where we go through the entire MCU show by show, movie by movie, in order of release. And today, we are talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 1, Episodes 14 through 16. Indeed. And the first episode on that list is Tahiti. Henry, what happened in Tahiti? Oh, Trey, let me tell you about Tahiti. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are in a panic. Sky has been shot twice and is inches away from death and modern medicine can't save her. But Agent Coulson knows of a magical place that might be able to help her. With the assistance of Agents Garrett and Triplett, can the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. find Tahiti's location? What dangers might lie there? And can they save Sky? Find out this time on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So... So, yes. <laughs> Sky is going to die. I mean, obviously not, because she's the protagonist of the entire show, but it seems like Sky is going to die. Yeah, and the first emotional reaction we see is May going all crazy on Quinn and beating him up. Yeah. Which is weird, because it's the first emotional reaction we've really seen from her, and she doesn't seem like... I don't know. I, I don't think she would do this. <laughs> yeah, she does not seem like the type to lose her cool like this. You'd think that she would be, even in her angriest moments, totally in control of herself. Like when she had the rage staff earlier in the season. She's supposed to be the one that has perfect control. But nope, not this time. She beats the crap out of Quinn. Yeah, I agree. And also, it seems like she wouldn't react this strongly for Sky. I mean, maybe she just plays her feelings for Sky so close to the chest, but I wouldn't imagine that she connected that closely to Sky that she would go crazy on Quinn either. I mean, in the previous few episodes when we see that May has full trust of Sky, her response to losing a fellow agent seems kind of understandable to me. They have developed a pretty close bond. The entire crew has, even though it hasn't always been shown that well. You think May's developed a close bond, though, with Sky? I think May has absolute trust for her. And just losing someone on the crew you've been working with for months is just heartbreaking. She doesn't want to let anyone die on her watch. She'll blame herself, even though she wasn't there. I can see that. I just don't buy... I don't buy the reaction. Neither do I. It was really strange. But, anyways, Coulson... Decides that he wants to bring Sky back with the same serum that was used on him. Or drug, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and it, I guess it's a pretty understandable move. It's like, hey, if this was able to save me from having my heart split in half, this could probably save her from having her guts ripped apart a bit. I'm honestly surprised he jumped there so quickly after his own personal trauma and wishing that he wasn't brought back, and he's like, we're gonna use this on her! But... Yeah, well, by the end of the episode, he's still feeling that way. <laughs> it's like a complete 180 to feeling that way again. I don't know. Yeah, but it just seemed like a plot convenience kind of thing to me, where they just needed to show what Tahiti was, and they needed to destroy it so that they could never use it again, because having any method of reanimating the dead in a TV show like this would be horrible. Yeah. Reanimation and time travel are two things you should never mess with in TV shows like this, because it gets messy fast. And they basically took it completely out of the equation by the end of the episode, right? Yeah, they exploded the entire building and buried it under a hundred feet of rock. 
I mean, it's shield. They could get it back out, but they're not going to because plot. <laughs> On that note, Coulson does give Gemma and Fitz a security level 10 document to look into his case. So now we know that there's a security level 10. Which is just Fury, right? It might be. I know they said that he's level 10, so maybe it is just him. I don't really know. Yeah, I always get confused with all the levels. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. At at this point, I think we're supposed to take it that there's 10 levels. (laughs) Yeah, and that Coulson doesn't really care anymore. He just needs the truth to be uncovered. Yeah. Also, we get S.H.I.E.L.D. boarding their plane because they're disobeying the direct order to hand over Quinn, which introduces... Garrett, Ward's SO, and Agent Triplet. Yeah, it was a cool way to introduce these characters, except I thought it was really weird that they were willing to take Quinn to the location of Tahiti when he's an agent of the Clairvoyant. Seems like a risky move, even though they left him in the plane the entire time. I guess, but if they believe that Quinn is their only prisoner and no one else there is working for the Clairvoyant, then I don't know. He's all handcuffed and isolated. Yeah, but they've already shown that they have technology that S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't prepared for, like the entire Deathlock program and the explodey eyes. You have no idea what's going on with him. I mean, I guess. It just didn't seem like a safe idea to me. I mean, the weird part to me was that Coulson made it sound like he only needed to bring him all the way there in case Sky dies, because then he needs to get revenge. Yeah, to, and kill him or something? That seems over the top that's what was insinuated i guess because why else would you want to keep him in case sky dies but it's just so weird like you would give him to big shield and they would question him and need him to actually get information so none of this really makes much sense yeah (laughs) it's very strange Yeah, and also when Garrett's interrogating Quinn, he's like, you have no rights, you're not getting a lawyer, not any of this, like, normal due processing stuff. It's like, I I don't understand why S.H.I.E.L.D. is so aggressive and horrible with their, with (laughs) with the people that they capture. They don't seem to be on the right side of the law here. I'm honestly not sure if S.H.I.E.L.D.'s supposed to be, like, outside of the mandated laws because they're supposed to be out about protecting security so they don't have to deal with lawyers and that kind of (laughs) stuff because isn't that a thing for like uh like when there's terrorists or something they don't get due process or whatever they don't have rights they're worried about security at first so maybe it's supposed to be the same thing i don't know but it's definitely i don't like it it's weird (laughs) i think they're just trying to make the show cooler I agree. (laughs) Uh, But whatever, they agree that Garrett can interrogate Quinn on the plane on the way to Tahiti, so sure. Yeah, but now Garrett's with them as they head to Tahiti, which is at the guest house. A secret shield base, I think. I don't know if it's actually a shield base or not. It seems to be outside of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, I don't think it's actually part of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it was probably created by S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe it's some old base that's no longer being used, but, I mean, it's all under Fury's jurisdiction. And also, if Fury can make his own random bases outside of S.H.I.E.L.D., again, what is S.H.I.E.L.D. supposed to be doing and what are they allowed to do? (laughs) I don't know, but the thing that I found weird is that it was that easy to break into this base. 
they had a ton of fail-safe methods for when someone actually got in to bring it crumbling down and, like, destroy everything. But it seems like Fury would be more interested in protecting the thing that brings people back to life and not letting people in in the first place. Yeah, but, I mean, they did have all these super elite agents. Like, those two guards are really impressed by how fast Fitz was able to hack the door. Also, really quickly about the guards, those guards were funny, and I like how they got a little chance to be funny before they died, even though it's they were protecting something that Fury assigned them to protect, so they should be good guys, but they died anyways. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel really weird about the fact that they gave these guys a chance to be, like, funny, and then killed them. <laughs> they weren't doing anything wrong. True, though now you mentioned that about them being funny, I do think that was enjoyable. I like that as well. Yeah, they were, they were really funny. It's like, they didn't know the countersign. <laughs> yeah. But the whole time in the guest house was pretty interesting. Just learning a little bit more about it, how the guards say the medical staff are never there, and seeing the machines in person, and how Coulson deals with that emotionally, and seeing how Coulson deals with learning the truth about what he was injected with which was alien blood or goop. <laughs> I still don't quite understand his reaction. You mean his reaction with Sky? How he's like, don't do it! Yeah. Like, he's so freaked out by the idea of putting alien blood in someone, even though it'll save their life. But I side with Sky when she finds out and she's like, so what? <laughs> <laughs> it worked, didn't it? Yeah, it, it worked. I'm good now. Like... It's, I, I don't understand what he thinks that means, that it's going to turn her into an alien. Like, he has it inside of him. Is he an alien now? Is he not human? Is that, so, like, I, I don't know. I don't understand his big deal. Yeah, and we already know that it's some crazy thing that no people ordinarily could do. And, like you said, it worked for one person. Coulson wasn't an alien. He's just fine. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I can understand him being disgusted by the fact that, like, the half-dead, half-body of an alien being slowly drained of its fluids is horribly disgusting. It was gross, but... <laughs> and inhumane and weird. But it was dead, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't think so, if they're able to continuously drain it. It had, like, half a body, and it seemed like a carcass. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I know. I that's That confused me, too, because I'm like, it seems like a dead alien, but can you just keep draining the dead alien's blood to use as this drug? I, I don't know. I think the tube that it was in helped maintain it in some kind of hibernation near death. Okay. <laughs> so aside from introducing Garrett, we're also introduced to Triplet, though, who crushes so hard on Simmons. <laughs> it's like aggressive almost is it not aggressive i guess but it's very it's very direct i wasn't even clear that he was crushing on her until like the very end of his conversation when he straight up said something about can we or i'll look you up i, I don't remember what he said i don't remember exactly i just remember it being a bit intense like too much <laughs> it was funny though I guess Simmons probably isn't used to that kind of attention. Plus, Direct gets it done, and I, I like that. You don't have to deal with the, does she like me? Does he like her? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, except for the fact that we're dealing with that with Ward and Sky in the next episode, and with Fitz and Simmons for all time ever. 
I'm talking about this situation. Whatever. That's why. <laughs> that's why I like that it's just straight up. Like, yeah. there's no question. Fair enough. This is true. Do you have anything to say before we go to the end? I wanted to mention that Simmons and Fitz going through the echo chamber archive. The effects of that were dumb. <laughs> it was just kind of off-putting to me and seemed ridiculous in a pretty serious episode. All right. They needed to fill those two minutes, Henry. <laughs> what do you mean? The end of the episode commits like three minutes to the next episode with Lorelai, the Asgardian. I know, which was really weird because it's the first time that an episodic plot has been led into at the end of the previous episode. <laughs> like, yeah, and it seemed really unnecessary. It really was. It had nothing to do with this episode. It's just like, we're just going to start the next one now to try and tease it, I guess. I think the reasoning behind it is that dealing with Asgardians is considered a big deal. So they're like, check it out. Next episode, we have an Asgardian. Except we don't know that. Oh, come on. It's so obvious the way that she's talking. (laughs) I I don't agree. Maybe that's just me looking with the hindsight of knowing that she's an Asgardian. But I thought it was pretty obvious. Just in a universe where there are so many different alien races and stuff and anything that she could be, I don't think it's very obvious. Oh, she's definitely Asgardian. Though, does she mention Midgard at the end of this episode? Yes, she does. So that's the main hint that we have, but she could also be from any of the neighboring planets that also know about Midgard, so... Yeah, it would have been awesome if she was a light elf, since we don't have them anywhere. Yeah, plus she has powers that that we don't know that Asgardians have, like mind-controlling men, so... Yeah, more powers that are really confusing about Asgardians. (laughs) What are their powers? We will never know. Nothing about Asgardians is ever clear. Nope. Nope. (laughs) So anyways, seeing what Tahiti is and breaking into that base and finding the base and introducing Garrett and Triplet, I liked a lot. So as far as a rating goes, I'd give this one a thumbs up. Yeah, I agree. There were some weak parts... Like, the random filling of time at the end and stuff, but overall, it's decent enough to give a thumbs up. Yeah, for sure. So, are we ready to move on to episode 15? Oh yes, Trey, I believe we are. Tell me about Yes Men. Okay, Trey, let me tell you about season 1, episode 15 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the MCU, titled Yes Men. Lorelai, an Asgardian seductress, has landed on Earth and is controlling the hearts of men. Lady Sith of Asgard is on the hunt with the aid of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Can the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stop her, even when she captures the heart of one of their own? What can they do when Ward is on her side? Find out this time on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, Trey, do you think Lorelai is a good villain? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so confused about Asgardians and their understanding of Midgard and human society. There's so many moments when they're talking about like cars and motorcycles or planes and like, what is this mechanical boat? What is this mechanical chariot? Guys, Asgardians have spaceships. Why are they so confused by this technology? Later on. Lady Sif is using, like, touchscreens and stuff in the bus. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is just old technology. I know how it works. But Lorelai is all confused by cars. I don't understand Asgardians. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) 
But hey, Sif was on Earth for five minutes in Thor 1, so she understands everything about Earth. Yes, now she is a scholar of earthly culture. And technology. (laughs) And technology. Even though I don't think she understood the technology because of her time on Earth. But anyway, Sif! Sif is here! Doing more than she did in Thor 2! (laughs) Yeah... But you're getting ahead of yourself, Henry. I am. I am sorry. Please forgive me! I will not. Okay. Well, aside from introducing Lorelai and her slowly capturing the hearts of more and more men, we get a look at the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how they're dealing with the reveal of Tahiti and especially Coulson's response to finding out the truth about what he was injected with. Skye, having been injured severely... Now wants to train extra hard and become the best agent she can be so this kind of thing will never happen again. And Coulson now has renewed vigor to understand why any of this was happening and needs to get in touch with Fury. And I really like how it culminates with him talking to Agent Sitwell, with Sitwell asking him, how is Tahiti? And he's like, it sucked and drives off. That was funny. Yeah, it was interesting to see where Coulson and Skye are at. And this is when Coulson tells Skye that the drug is alien. And she like is like shocked at first, but then is like, so what though? It saved me. (laughs) (laughs) She takes it pretty well, especially knowing that she herself is listed as some kind of alien as a 084. So I guess she's like, well, alien drugs fix an alien person. Cool. Works with me. Well, we don't know (laughs) that she's alien. We just know she's of unidentified origin. Yes, I'm just saying. Her mysterious origin allows her to not care as much. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. Anyways, on to the Lorelai storyline. At the very first part of this episode, Lorelai meets the Dogs of Hell. Were they the Dogs of Hell? Yeah. Oh, okay. Apparently you missed that all over their jackets. (laughs) Nope, I just saw Motorcycle Gang. Yeah, Lorelai meets the Dogs of Hell, which is their first appearance in the MCU. Because they later will show up in Daredevil. Dun dun dun. And then Sif arrives. When the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are like, let's go look, there's an Asgardian. So the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. find Sif as she arrives on Earth. And Sif is also on the hunt for Lorelai. And Sif tells them about how Lorelai has powers to control the will of men. Because men have an inherent weakness that women don't. Yeah, which is... Lust, Their penis? apparently. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm kind of confused that they sent only Sif and not, like, a group of warrior women, since there are many in Asgard, and clearly Lorelai is a threat if they felt the need to imprison her for 600 years. But Sif is the best of them. I don't know. <laughs> I have no... I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I guess they only sent in Sif since we don't actually know any other warrior women, so it would have been weird to introduce more of them, even though it would have made more sense. It would have been kind of cool, though, to be honest. Yeah, it would have been like the Mascara and Wonder Woman or something, like a whole team of super awesome warrior women. Yeah, but Sif says that Lorelai escaped when the elves in Thor 2 invaded Asgard, and she used one of Loki's portals to get to Earth, so... This plot seems to tie in way more with Thor 2 than the previous Asgard plot that was actually after Thor 2. Yeah, except it's also been months since that has happened, and no one's supposed to know where Loki's portals are, so how does she know? 
She definitely would not know after Thor 2 when Loki was the only one who knew. Plus that portal didn't go to Earth. Yeah. (laughs) But there's more than one. Yeah, but we've never seen them used. But this plot should definitely have been the one that they did back then that tied into the movie. Yeah, especially because we're just having all the storylines really come to the front of the show with, like, Tahiti and the Clairvoyant. To suddenly have this random episode about Anna's Guardian seemed weird. Yeah. It was kind of just, like, filler. It was filler, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Though Coulson does ask Sif if she knows any blue aliens, and she throws out, like, ten races. Because he's trying to figure out what the alien blood is from, and... He's like, oh, have any of those been to Earth recently? And she's like, no, not for centuries. Yes. So clearly Sif at least does not know that there have been aliens on Earth, but... Yeah, but I mean, why would she? She's not like an Earth guardian, specifically. She's just a warrior of Asgard who just protects the realm rather than polices the realms. Which, honestly, that's why I don't understand why she says so sure of herself. Like, they haven't been here for centuries. Like, she wouldn't know that. (laughs) I think maybe she's proud that her and other Asgardians fended off the ice giants a millennia ago, even though if she was there, that's also confusing. We don't really know how old she is. Okay. (laughs) Another side note. Fitz has made new night-night guns. And they are now called Icers. Yeah, super night-night guns. And I don't know what it means at all that he says he tripled the stopping power. Yeah, I don't know. They just wanted to make it sound cooler. But I like having the name Icer rather than Night Night Gun, since it's quicker and nicer and sounds like a real tool rather than a joke. It's definitely more sophisticated. And it lost the ounce. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that bothers me about this episode is that Sif tells them exactly what Lorelai's powers are and that it's about her voice. And then they go in with no earplugs or any way to combat the male agents getting <laughs> enslaved by her. Yeah, and Ward like has her at gunpoint and just stands there and gets captured so easily when he could have just I know. shot her. He could have shot her. He could have backed up and not let her touch him because she said if it doesn't work with her voice she'll touch you and that's how it works and he's just like oh i'll just let that happen yeah my only possible reasoning behind it is that the voice was enough to freeze him in his tracks but touching him was necessary to fully gain control of his heart it still is weird (laughs) and even then they should have had earplugs they should have had all of their devices that they have for everything else should have been in play for this yeah also they escaped on a motorcycle and then As soon as Ward drives off, we cut away to them on the bus, and they're like, we lost him. What do you mean you lost him? You were all in the (laughs) middle of nowhere with one road, and he was on a motorcycle, and you guys have jets, tons of trucks, and satellites. Like, how did you lose him? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, after a few hours, Ward has the ability to hide super well. But in the first hour, they should have known exactly where he was. True. Though I do think it's hilarious that she asked him to take her to a palace and he brings her to Caesar's Palace in Vegas. <laughs> hey, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. They also hint at Vegas being a good place to get a lot of men that have lots of money and power, but never do anything with that. Yep. And she asks Ward for an army in return for the gift of her vagina. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, she is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a weird amount of romance and sex. Lorelai didn't really need to offer anything anyways, since Ward was under her control. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That, that's why I, it felt like a way for the show to get more intimate and make it seem like the stakes were higher because Ward was sleeping with her. Yeah, but it's like, you know he's under control, so who cares? I feel like she wanted to sleep with him because she's like, ooh, he's got, like, prestige and is actually a good fighter and is, was all sexually attracted to him. So she's like, well, I'll give you my gift. But really, she wanted his gift. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> she was really impressed by his ingenuity. Yeah. <laughs> especially in comparison to the biker guys. Yep. So... With their ingenuity, they take over the shield plane and fight, and Sif gets the color that takes away Lorelai's voices and puts it on her. Yeah. Though it was interesting when Sif's sword split in half so that her and Lorelai could both use one blade. They never did that in the movies, right? I don't think I caught that at all. Yeah, they had a sword fight with the two halves of Sif's blade. Okay. Which was weird, because <laughs> I feel like once you get into sword combat with Sif, you know you lost. I mean, considering she said, I've bested you before, Sif. I think that meant that with Haldor, or whatever Sif's old crush was, Lorelai was able to beat Sif in a moment of weakness, which she wasn't able to conjure again. Because Sif is now more resolved! Sure, I don't know. Yeah, but after all is said and done, and Ward is no longer mind-controlled, May and Ward have a small interaction, which makes it seem like they're over- Officially. Yes, because Lorelai revealed that Ward didn't originally have feelings for May. Ward had feelings for Sky, presumably. Yeah, that's what they insinuate, since we don't actually know, since they didn't actually say Sky. Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't know why May would be pissed. This is just like the last episode where she seemed to have way harsher of a reaction than necessary. And also, this is how adult relationships are. You like one person, and then you like another person is it that bad for them to have liked someone else first i mean i think the point was that under duress he admits that he likes sky not may yeah i suppose so it's not like he liked her first it's like that's the only person that he mentioned that's the only person that he actually cares for indeed but yeah all the love drama yeah so then we go to Coulson being like, to hell with protocol and rules, Sky. you and me, we need answers. And they're apparently going to go search for answers in theory, but I think plot stops that from actually happening, so I don't actually know if that happens. <laughs> yeah, they talk about it, and while they're talking, we see that May was listening in, and then May reports to an unknown source that Coulson knows about the drug. Yep. Twist. Le gasp. Oh my gosh. May's a traitor. Oh my. How dare she. Indeed. But there's one other thing I wanted to mention in this episode. It's just the fact that Sif has now seen Coulson alive. And Coulson's like, hey, how about you don't tell Thor I'm alive yet? I want to do that myself. And then it never comes up. <laughs> I mean, it never comes up, but also Sif never sees Thor again to tell him either. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah. Aw, that's sad. <laughs> yep. Maybe Sif will be in the MCU again. Who knows? Maybe. As of right now, she has not told him and has not seen him. Well, anyways, Trey, what would you rate this one? 
I think we should start with you. Sure. I will be giving this one a middle thumb. I thought the plot with Lorelai was kind of lame, but I really like how Ward was handling the situation while under control. Like, how resourceful he was and how he's like, all right, well, let's just attack S.H.I.E.L.D. directly. Like, I thought those kinds of scenes were cool. And also, it had Sif. And although the plot was kind of lame, I love Sif. Yeah. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Ooh. Because I don't mind this episode. And I've gave other episodes that were mediocre a middle thumb because they were mediocre. And this one, <laughs> this one I enjoyed a little more than those. I didn't feel like it was just middling blah, blah. It felt like, like decent. It was fine. I just don't like Lorelai very much. And it's also another example of our heroes doing things that seem kind of evil, like imprisoning this woman for hundreds and hundreds of years. Like, isn't there a point where you let them go or just execute them to take them out of their misery? <laughs> let me get this straight. You're saying they're evil because they don't kill their prisoners? I mean, I feel like imprisoning someone for the rest of their lives when their lives are thousands of years long isn't really humane. Yes. Because she she said she was stuck in a cold, dark room on her own. But is it more humane to kill her? Probably. I don't know. This is a <laughs> deep ph- philosophical question that I don't have a good answer to. I just know being in prison for hundreds of years would probably make you worse, not better. They should focus on rehabilitation. I agree. I just... <laughs> I, I was more... Finding it interesting that you are classifying not killing them as evil. (laughs) (laughs) That's true when you put it that way. Uh, And now I feel really weird about saying that. (laughs) So, moving on to episode 16? Indeed! Episode 16! Titled, End of the Beginning. In this episode, the hunt for the clairvoyant continues. And fortunately, after an attack from Deathlock, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have got a tracker on him. And they think following Deathlock will lead the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to the clairvoyant himself at last. Who is the clairvoyant anyways? And does he have psychic powers? Things may not be as they seem. Find out what happens to our heroes on this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. They're gonna get him. So this is when shit gets real. Oh, yes, indeed. Everyone is on the tail of the clairvoyant, and they're getting close. Real close. Yes, because Coulson is now convinced that the clairvoyant is actually psychic, so he thinks they should bring up a list of all the people they've ever encountered that might be psychic. Yeah, like all the reject psychics from the Index. Because maybe they missed him in the past? Yeah, I'm still not sure why he's suddenly convinced he's psychic. I think part of it was because of the information that they had on him that he figured no one would know. But wasn't he still saying after that that he wasn't? Maybe they just didn't mention it until now, so it seemed strange that he suddenly said it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not really sure. Maybe something Quinn said got through to him and he's like, oh, wow, maybe he is psychic. I don't know. Yeah, but, like, Coulson gathers a bunch of high-level agents on the bus because apparently taking a bunch of agents into the sky might prevent them from having their minds read or something. Because he has wireless service. (laughs) Yes, because apparently the clairvoyant can only psychically read people's minds if they're ten miles above the ground or lower. 
Sure. I wonder how that works under the sea. Maybe they should have met in a submarine. Ten miles? That seems like a lot. Are you sure they're actually that high? <laughs> no, but that's not important. <laughs> You're right. What is important is that Sky is a shield agent. Oh, yes! She has officially gotten a badge! She is an agent of shield. At level one. I like how Victoria Hand is all, like, snooty about it. Like, only level one. Like, <laughs> Yes, like, yeah, that's where everyone starts. Like, well, probably. I don't know about Widow. I don't know, but I st- <laughs> I'm just like, why would you randomly insert that in there? That's whatever. Because Hand uh, is really rude and mean. And they always make your out to seem like a butt face. Like, at the- especially at the end of the episode, which she seems to be super evil. That's the thing. I don't even think she's meant... To be evil and bad. Like, I don't think anything we've seen of her so far has said to me, this woman is an antagonist. Pure evil. Yeah, she's a bad guy. I haven't thought that until the end of this episode. Yeah, she's clearly an antagonist to the heroes in the show, but not necessarily evil. She's just rude. I don't know. I think she seemed very official and by the book, like to the point where she has little... A little bit of bitterness and dislike for the way that Coulson's team just ignores the rules. Yeah, Coulson's team is so informal and improper. (laughs) But I don't see her as a person that would just be like, but you're only level one. I don't know. (laughs) It was weird to me, but whatever. I think she specifically doesn't like Sky. She doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) But now Sky is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. using her newfound access to all the S.H.I.E.L.D. databases, sets up this convoluted scheme to have pairs of randomly selected S.H.I.E.L.D. agents search the people on the index that might be the clairvoyant. So we have Trip and Ward paired up, we have Blake and May get paired up, and we have Garrett and Coulson get paired up to search different people on the index to see if they might be the clairvoyant. Which, I don't understand why you'd only send in two people if you think that might be the clairvoyant. Clearly, he's a bigger threat than that. Didn't they say that was one of the big things that Hand was like, you should have had a whole team of backup. And Coulson was like, we didn't want to risk being on the clairvoyant's radar. Uh, Yes, I think you're right. I forgot about that. So, yeah, supposedly that would have kept them off his radar. I'm not really sure why, but... Because they didn't know where they were going beforehand or something. And for some reason, the clairvoyant wouldn't read Sky. I don't really know. I don't really understand what happened here. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, Blake and May were the people that ran into not the clairvoyant, but Deathlock himself. And although Blake was severely injured, he shot Deathlock with a tracker round that Fitz made. So that they were able to track Deathlock's location back to the clairvoyant. Which is really convenient since Deathlock has never physically met up with the Clairvoyant before, but he just happened to be meeting up with him that time. Well, there was the message saying it's time to meet. But they didn't know about that. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't know that Deathlock was going to meet up with the Clairvoyant. They just guessed following him was a good idea. I mean, the whole point was that the Clairvoyant set all of this up to wrap it up in a neat little bow that this fake Clairvoyant was the Clairvoyant. Indeed. So it makes sense that they followed him to the easy clairvoyant. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fell into his trap. Because the clairvoyant is a catatonic man who cannot move or speak. But will stare at you aggressively. I'm still trying to figure out how the computer was speaking and who was actually connected to it. Because I feel like 
someone would have noticed that some Wi-Fi connection was happening to get that voice to the computer to transmit that message. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'm surprised Fitz wasn't able to pick that up or something. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's weird to me that that wasn't a thing. <laughs> it could have been a wired connection. Wouldn't they also have noticed that? They didn't say for long after Ward shot him. It just seems like they would have cased the joint for evidence. Yeah, no, don't apply logic to this. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. <laughs> I want okay. it to, but it doesn't. <laughs> uh, the, though, although Fitz did not catch any Wi-Fi signals, he did get to use his drones again, which was cool. And we got to see a good little look of Deathlock under X-ray vision and see his metal plating underneath his skin and stuff like that. Yeah, it makes me a little sad because I feel like that could have been a better lead-in to, oh, the clairvoyant was a fake, and rather than Coulson and Sky just being like, that was too easy. Oh my gosh, he was a fake! It could have been like, oh, there was like a message and it wasn't actually him. You're right. I feel like there are cooler ways they could have revealed that information. Indeed. Though Ward has now killed a handicapped man. <laughs> Yeah, which just feels very off. <laughs> I mean, he was talking about how he'd, like, hunt down Sky for the rest of time and murder her. And in the last episode, we just got it revealed directly that Ward has feelings for Sky. And I get that. And I get what they're going for with trying to make this an emotional thing, how he was protecting them. But it just seemed so questionable that this was actually the clairvoyant, that that premature shooting... Is really off to me. Yeah, and also I thought it was really weird that Ward was being transported on the bus rather than with the other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that were there. I feel like he shouldn't have left the custody of any of them. I would agree, except he wasn't really in jail. They're just like, oh yeah, I'll have to face a review board. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. But he was in the prison on the bus. Yeah, I don't know if that's just because Coulson wanted to debrief him or whatever i don't know sky was also working out of there earlier in the episode too which was weird when she was setting up all the pairs for investigating who might be the clairvoyant so i guess they use it as a secondary office as well because why not work in prison <laughs> i mean it, it that room has a cool aesthetic with all the hexagons and stuff all of the people who have been brutally beaten up in there yeah it has a good vibe <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, we now know that the clairvoyant isn't a psychic, as we had been led to believe all this time. He's actually an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which Sky figures out because Coulson told her to read their minds by going through their files. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's like what the clairvoyant could do, because I can see all the things he knows about us in these files. Because I'm an agent and have access to them now. Speaking of which... Why was she going through Coulson's file? I was very confused about <laughs> what... I can't even poke holes in this because she had to access all of their files for the pair-ups for some reason that I don't understand at all. <laughs> she she just randomly selected pairs. She didn't actually check on them. She had to access files for some reason. Their files. No, no, Classified no. files. She was accessing the files of the people in the index. Not the agents themselves. Okay. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there there are a few weird <laughs> logical holes in this episode. 
man, this episode seems good on the surface, and then you start discussing it, and it's like, what is happening? Yeah, wow. <laughs> this is really funny, because I really like this episode. But it has a lot of like movie logic kind of things that don't work, really, when you look at it more closely. Yeah. <laughs> they also set up May, starting from the last episode, as the traitor. And Coulson and Skye think she's working for the clairvoyant. And Fitz. Yeah, yeah, because Fitz finds the unauthorized encrypted line in the cockpit. And he's like, why is May calling someone? And Skye's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, also, May going straight for the gun. And May not explaining to Fitz what the wiretap was, even though it was clear he found it. How she handled that was very poor. And I feel like it was to add suspense for the episode because they had just found out about a mole, but it wasn't done right. I agree. It's weird that she went for the gun, but it was an icer. So maybe her plan was to ice fits and then like lock him up and try to explain it to him after he wakes up. <laughs> yeah. Why not just close the door and be like, hey, Fitz, don't freak out. Let me explain. She didn't even reach him. He left the room, and then she figures it out, and then she goes after him with the gun. Uh, yeah. Which is just so extreme. Yeah, but <laughs> Coulson then catches her and aims a gun at her, thinking that she's the clairvoyant or something to that extent. Yeah. After she had already aimed and shot two bullets at Fitz, even though they were icers, but still, two in the head. It's an icer. I don't understand how icers don't kill people anyways. That's like rubber bullets still kill people just because of the concussive power of them. Well, its whole purpose is to not kill people. That's why it doesn't, because it was designed that way. I know, movie logic. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But the plane gets taken over and no one knows what's happening. Not even May. And then at the very end, we see Victoria Hand saying, Take out everyone on board when the plane touches down, except Coulson, he's mine. (gasps) she is evil i think yeah they make it seem like she's the clairvoyant maybe (laughs) or maybe she thinks that they're evil i think that it's because she thinks that they're evil but they make it seem like she's the clairvoyant (laughs) yeah we should probably mention now that this is the last episode right before captain america winter soldier so the next episode will be connected to it after we get through all our specials oh yes which we will talk about in just a minute. But, Trey, do you think we're ready to give this episode a rating? Yes. Even with its flaws, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Me too. This episode is really cool. Pretty much any episode with Deathlock, I really like a lot. He's a really cool character. And seeing him slowly get, like, more pieces and become less and less human, even though, like, he clearly hates what he's doing, it's just cool to watch. Plus, I like that it's ramping up the plot with the clairvoyant and the who's who mystery of it all of what is actually happening with this clairvoyant and who in in S.H.I.E.L.D. is it? And oh my gosh, what's happening? Yes, it's exciting. So exciting. Even though it's a lot less exciting now that I know what happens. But it was much more exciting the first time. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Especially because this episode ties into the movies way more than the ones with Thor 2. Since Captain America 2 actually takes place on Earth. And deals with S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, this episode doesn't, but the next episode does. Okay, close enough. Sure. Anyways, which one of these would you give the best of the bunch, Henry? Man, I I find it a little bit difficult whether to give it to 14 or 16, like Tahiti or this one. But I think I like the Tahiti episode more. 
I definitely like the reveals of what's going on with the clairvoyant in episode 16. But I think I like the reveal of what Tahiti is and how Coulson was healed more. How about you? I think the opposite. (gasps) Because Tahiti to me, like, yeah, it was a fun ride and it was a good episode, but it was still mostly just, Sky's gonna die, we need to get this drug. And this drug happens to be an alien. And that's the whole plot. (laughs) But it has the funny guards. (laughs) Yeah, still pretty simple. Fair enough. Whereas 16 delves a lot more into the twists and the ramping up of the actual plot of the season. So I'm going to give it to 16. Alrighty then. I guess we'll have to disagree this time around. Or every time around. (laughs) (laughs) We agreed last time. I know. (laughs) So, yes, that's the end of this episode. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at MarvelousMCU. You can follow us on Instagram at MarvelousMCUPodcast. And you can send us an email at MarvelousMCUPodcast at gmail.com. And wherever you listen to this podcast, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a review. Anything to spread the podcast is a huge help to us. And also, we have a Patreon now. Indeed! So if you like the show, if you'd like to support us and help us no longer pay for this out of our own pocket, then please go to patreon.com backslash MarvelousMCU. Even giving us a dollar is a huge help. So thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time for our special episode on Jessica Jones Season 2.